Hello and welcome to All Remote Podcast. My name is Ilana. And my name is Anya. And we are your hosts. All Remote Podcast aims to give space for all remote advocates to share ideas and insights into the future of work. We believe the future of work should create equal opportunities for everyone, regardless of their location, gender, or any other category. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Uh, today, we are having Sandre from Safety Wing here with us. Uh, Sandre, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Sandra? I'm great. I'm great. Looking forward to this chat. A lot of interesting topics we will cover. Uh, for our listeners who don't know much about you or Safety Wing, do you mind uh, giving us a short intro? Yes. Uh... My name is Sandra. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Safety Wing, which we founded together with Hans and Sarah. And we are all from Norway back in winter 2018, where we went, also went through Y Combinator, where, where deal, that deal also did. A good old and, uh, Y Combinator, right? Yeah, definitely a, a good place to, to start. And uh, yeah, so, so I'm from Norway. I, uh, previously, I, you know, I'm an economist and I worked as a policy advisor for the government of Norway. And then I started this um, previous company, uh, which is now called Superside, which is this freelancer platform. And um, that, and we wanted to buy benefits for the freelancers on that platform, but nobody offered this. And that became the genesis of Safety Wing, where we figured out that if we have this problem, someone else will. I tried to get someone else to start that company for a year, so and nobody wanted to. So then we figured out we have to do it ourselves. So. Uh, Mihans and Sarah started up building what eventually will be like a global social safety net where you kind of, you take all the pieces of like national welfare system, like health and retirement and, and uh, income protection, and you make that globally available, uh, you know, online as a membership. And uh, so that's kind of what we're, what we're working on. And we started out with health, which is now live. And um we're working on the rest. That's where we are. Sounds wonderful. So going a bit back, you, you quickly gave us an overview of what you were doing in the past and what you're doing right now. So you seem to be following a certain trend of like out of office uh, working style and product creating products for, for exactly this type. But before that, you were, as you said, you were a policy advisor. So how does that fit into like, what was your kind of flow there? Like, did you always have a thing for, for like freelancers and, and remote workers or yeah. did it just come naturally? No, I, I always had a thing for that. So when I was a teenager, I had a little entrepreneurial venture, or um, which was a web hosting platform called solidhost.com. Still live, run by my partner at the time. And I was like 14, 15, 16. And I uh, met my co-founders on the internet. One was from Romania and the other was from the Netherlands. And, uh, and we, uh, you know, we had servers in our room and it was, it was, it was very fun. And we worked remotely then, uh, not that different from the way we would work remotely today. You know, instead of Slack, we would use IRC, but, uh, we, you know, we, to the degree that we had outside people help us with things, it would always be as online freelancers. And this is way back in like year 2000. So this is like 20 years ago. Gosh, am I getting old? <laughs> we're, not, we're not counting years here. We're not judging at all. Okay, I just realized, like, how can that be the case? But, uh, but it is, actually. Time flies. Uh, yeah. Time flies. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so for me, this was like old news. Uh, like, I, I knew about remote work, the economy there. 
from very early on. I've been using that then all throughout the years in, in various various ways. So I um, no, so so I knew about this, and you know when I started Superside, that you know one of the theses was like I knew about that world, but a lot of companies don't. So you know it was like how can we organize the you know freelance economy in a way that can be used by enterprises. That was, you know, that was the thesis then, and, and that worked out well. And uh, of course, being very early in, into that world, we also I knew the secondary effects. The secondary effects means like what are the problems that arises because of that, because of that change. And uh, you know, the 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 change that we that I saw uh, was, you know, what we today largely would call remote work, and. Uh, you know, if you work online, either full-time or as a freelancer or, or an entrepreneur, you can live anywhere. That's one second-order effect. You become location-independent, right? So, you know, if, if you get a remote job in Serbia, Belgrade, I don't know if you're in Belgrade, but, you know, uh, after a little while, you, it will occur to you that actually you don't have to be in Belgrade, certainly not all year, right? You yeah. could, like, go three months to somewhere else and just do your work then, to three months in Berlin, you know, six months in Thailand. And... Uh, the world today consists of like 200 countries and each of them have their own social structures. And these things go deep, right? It's like, you know, if you get hired in, in Serbia, I'm guessing that there is this some kind of social system set up. If you're a full-time employee in a Serbian company, you qualify for various things, I imagine, and because yeah. it's like that in so many countries. But if you're a contractor working for a foreign company, you fall through a lot of those. Because, uh, things get complicated. Yeah, things get very complicated because the infrastructure isn't, isn't made for that. Uh, the internet is making us a global market. Like we're talking, you know, cross continents on this call digitally. And we're buying and selling. Like right now, I, I'm doing everything digitally. I'm working digitally. I buy my groceries online. I can buy like a hair cutter to cut my own hair. Uh, but but, but uh, people are hiring, buying, selling across borders. and And that is... A, 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 an effect that comes after that again is that countries are gradually, be, you know, switching from being monopolies to competitors. So they're obsolete, but they're also becoming competitors, right? Because if I, you know, when I started a company, it's remote. Where am I going to place it? I, it's I can up to me. Yeah, I, I could place it in Norway. I could place it in the U.S., which we ended up for, but that was to get it really because of Y Combinator, uh, or or some other country like Estonia or Hong Kong. And as a digital nomad, as a location-independent person, I can move. Well, the more people that is true for, the more countries have to start behaving almost like products to attract you uh, because both internet companies and, and nomads select. So so we... Uh, okay, that was that was a very long tangent there uh, I went into. Well, but okay. you, you guided us through the whole like industry and, and friend, friends around yeah. it. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. So if we go, come back then to, you know, remote work and, and how we've been in it. Yeah. So I, I being early saw this happening, you know, because I was early and uh, it was, I could see how it, the steps, the inevitable steps uh, went and therefore I could build something in advance. Right. So I know, I know that a few years from now, everyone will need a global social safety net. Yeah. Uh, and already many do, but um but it takes a long time to build something like that. Do you think that is like one of the main challenges that that freelancers and digital nomads have not nowadays? Is that like where you see the biggest demand being in this um, like kind of safety net? Uh, no, I would say that a, a very good uh, 
possibly top or second place, like but uh, in the same level of of importance, is what is kind of what deal deal is doing, right? It's uh, you know when we're a company safe doing when we hire someone in Bosnia, which we recently did. Um, just neighboring. Yeah, we're we're in the Balkans in this conversation. I see. We're in the Balkans. Uh, then we also need to figure out legal. Like we have to uh, hire that person and uh, and pay, and that's definitely another part of the puzzle. And it, and it's not you know you kind of have the two the two solutions that you have now is like you know it's either contractor. It's like a contract. It's a contractor who's basically a full time employee. Right, or you have the local entity uh, products, you know, but and that's very expensive, right? Where you kind of like, yeah, of course, yeah. But but those two are the things that I see working, right? And they're working for different companies, uh, different preferences, but none of them are, of course, perfect. Uh, I don't know exactly what perfect is. Uh, perfect, I guess, would be like global rules, but who would adjudicate them? I, I don't know exactly, but uh, yeah. So I would say that's as big of a problem, like the, the rules of hiring. Yeah, for sure. There are a lot of lot of things that um, need to be figured out, uh, definitely for for the world and global market itself. But uh, shifting away from from challenges, let's talk a bit on, on a more positive note. So you have a lot of experience with remote working, of course. So what would you recommend to someone who is thinking about going remote uh, as a freelancer, digital nomad, or just who wants to work remotely? Yeah, it kind of depends on like there are. It's changed a little bit just over the past couple of months. So if, if I were to go back a few months, you know, what I would do is be much more aspirational. You know, I would say like, you know, if, if I were talking to a friend like two, three, four or five years ago, you know, I, I would I would say something like, you know, you're here you are, you know, in this expensive city, you know, Oslo where I was living at the time and uh, you hate your job and you spend all your salary and rent anyway. So, but, you know, you know, don't you know that you don't have to do this? Like you can work online, you can start as a freelancer part-time and uh, you will quickly find, you know, a company that you can work with and you can also maybe, you know, become an entrepreneur part-time, you know, because, and then you can move to a place where you really want to live. This is like applicable only for young people, like 25 to 30, obviously 35. But, you know, that was, would be what I would use to say. It's like, uh, this there is an escape hatch from this you know terrible trap you're in yeah. and uh and you can take it and it is actually very simple you you start as a freelancer to look for for companies um and and also to start to develop that and you can do that part time but another opportunity that has come out of late is remote jobs it's actually growing tremendously quickly on websites like remoteok.com where they post only remote jobs and you can apply to them they're full time high quality jobs and the internet marketplace is actually better so for a lot of people, unless you live in Silicon Valley. For a lot of people, you can get like much better paid jobs, even, uh, uh, the, especially if you're in a poor country. So that is, uh, I think, what, what I would uh, recommend. And then I would think about where do you want to live? Where do you want to move? Uh, you know, maybe you're sheltering in place right now, but maybe this is a good time for you. To, you know, you have all this time at home. Maybe you can, you know, look ahead and think, you know, what is the life you want to lead when this pandemic is over? What is a way you can make it into something great? Maybe it, this is time to change it in the direction that you want it to be, in, you know, instead of just being trapped in the in the your old habits. So I, I do think that I would do that, you know, if is to um, 
to make this time to, to plan for a better life when it's all over. Yeah, sounds sounds good. And it seems that um, Safety Wing is is attracting a lot of people who are exactly in this uh, phase of exploration, and, and there are many digital nomads in on your team, right? So. When it comes to to you as let's say a, a company owner or a co-founder, how does it play out in terms of like keeping track of who is where, if they travel or if they move quickly? How do you collaborate through different time zones, etc.? Like, how does it play out from like a management perspective? Uh, well, okay. So, by the way, I want to add one thing that is like between this question and the last, which is that. The, the answer I just gave earlier was what I used to say before. Now it is actually changed, right? Like now remote is a necessity. Yeah. Now being able to work remotely is like essential skill. And, and that's going to keep being like that, right? Because a lot of companies will want to be at least remote capable, remote ready. Exactly. And, and having a remote job is also like everyone will know at that point that that gives you extra security uh, in, in many ways. You know, just look at like 30% of people may, you know, lose their jobs. And that's not the remote workers mostly, right? So, uh, so, so now I do think that that has changed. Like it used to be aspirational. Now it's a necessity. Um, you, you mentioned remote readiness and we will go back to the, the, the team question. So what does it take in your opinion to be remote ready or at least remote capable when, when yeah. you're a company? Being remote ready is very similar to the you know idea of being remote first. It's kind of like that even though you're currently, you may work in an office, you set up all your infrastructure as if so that anyone who is remote can participate fully. So, so that means that, that you can't have like institutions which are not online, right? So you can't have like, you can't post news on like a board in the hallway, right? The likeliness of people saying it is going to be very low, right? Yeah, uh, you have to post them in Notion, you know, presumably, or, or you know, something. Uh, it means to kind of build the company bottom up so that it, it is default remote. That is what it means to be remote ready. And the companies that weren't remote ready now they're scrambling to become it rapidly because then they have lots of processes which had parts in them, whether that be I don't know onboarding team member or, um, or, uh, you know, having a meeting or making a sale or, uh, that just weren't set up for that. Uh, and, and they have to now scramble to make that work in the absence of, you know, whatever it was that they had on site before. So, so yeah, so rem being remote ready means to be remote first actually. And, uh, and when it means to be remote capable, that's kind of taking full advantage of working remotely. Like that's, that's to make uh, update your processes and systems to make use of all the benefits of working online. So there are many things you can do online that you can't do when you're in person. So like to give an example, you can, so we do these planning and prioritization creative meetings where we use the Cocoa and uh, we first gather as a big group and then we go into small teams and people discuss and then they post ideas and then we do like everyone votes on them. And in real time, like we kind of crowdsource this like great prioritized idealist based on sort of complexity and effect. And that doesn't work live. So that's, you know, that makes us better as a remote company. So systems that are built for remote and take advantage of the, the things you can do when everyone is working on their computers 
is that's you know what it means like to be to be remote capable it also means that you're not uh, vulnerable to to switching to remote yeah so so anyway that that's i guess what i would put into that and uh and I see now, like to, to observe, like someone who I saw was struggling. Observe that I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to skip naming the company, but there is a big company who, you know, they're just through a friend. I'm familiar with their internal problems, and they're they're trying to switch their onboarding to remote right now, right from from virtual. And they their old system had a lot of like room like things, like they had like a place in the office you came in. A lot of the items are there. You had like this buddy and you were supposed to go to lunch and and now they're and some of them was very practical, like, oh, they had to like come in day one, they went to this guy and they copied their idea. And all of that now suddenly they have to move it to remote. But they're also overwhelmed by all the other fallouts from COVID that they're not getting this done. Uh, so, so yeah, so, so that they're not remote ready. They're not remote capable. And for that, they're struggling so that it's really hurting their ability to onboard people and they're scrambling to make a new system on the go. But of course, when all this is over, they will have that system and that's not going away. So everyone will be forced to be remote capable by the crisis. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They will, they will learn and grow from this whole situation. Yeah, but you you mentioned actually a really good example of collaboration in a remote setting. So is there anything that Safety Wing does to to collaborate, especially as we mentioned before, that you guys are pretty much scattered all over the world and you're traveling. So how does collaboration work in your setting? Yes. Uh, so we are, we do have uh, like a hybrid scenario. So where we're semi-synchronous semi-asynchronous. We're spread across mostly Europe and, and America's time zones. Um, although there, there is always someone, someone in Asia, but there is like a EST. There are like, we have two core hours uh, where kind of everyone has to overlap, where we put meetings. So that's one way. Uh, for a big, In the beginning of Sector, we actually tried a fully synchronous remote work experience. That is actually like really good. I would actually recommend it for a very early stage startup. But that sucks for the, that sucks for a lot of people because people in the US have to get up super early. In Europe, have to go to bed super late. Asia has to work overnight. Uh, it, it depends, of course, where you put it, but someone has to do each of those. Yeah, yeah, you cannot, you cannot be happy in all three continents for sure if you're organizing something. Yeah, so uh, so that is, um, th- yeah, so, so we have that. Uh, we have, um, you know, Monday meetings. We have people write these, like, three things that did last week, three things to do next week. It's, it's written, and then we talk through it, uh, you know, on, on the team. Uh, we have Thursday meetings, which is like building the company meetings, where we have like a whole kind of menu of very interesting creative meetings, like like the one I mentioned, planning and prioritization, or monthly goal update, where we go through like how we're doing on our monthly goals, uh, on our yearly goals, how we're progressing. We or we have Dugnod, which is a Norwegian term where we kind of clean up our digital spaces together and. So we have uh, many fun kind of interesting uh, meeting concepts. We have three to four team gatherings per year where the full team gathers somewhere. The last time we were in San Francisco, before that Mexico, and before that Norway. So uh, yeah, so that's, that's, those are some points, I suppose. And they're great, definitely. But you mentioned a lot of things that sound very enjoyable to participate. But is there something that you personally don't enjoy or enjoy the least when it comes to working remotely? 
I can't think of anything. Um, so that, like, that would be compared to like a normal office. If there's anything I'm missing, it doesn't have to be compared to to. Yeah, I mean, when I'm not working, I mean, this was a switch when I first switched to working remotely. But uh, like, if you're at a job where you're not doing much, you know, one of the most enjoyable part about going to work is to like socialization with colleagues. <laughs> yep. And uh, and I guess so. Less of that comes by itself. That is like one of the things you have to actually deal with, which we have dealt with in various ways. But there's less of that. That, of course, means I have to find that elsewhere. Uh, you can't get your full socialization at work, but that's fine, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But uh, yeah, that's, I, I would agree. That's actually the only thing that I would say is like the, the biggest challenge, I think, for many, this like, yeah. social social part. Uh, but while you were building, so let, let's uh, tap into building Safety Wing as yeah. uh, this awesome product. So. When the three of you, so a part of you, just just to mention one more time, you have Sarah and Hans, who are also co-founders. What were the biggest learning points when when you were creating this company? From from any side you want, from like a product side, yeah. from building a team, or or building the company yeah. itself. Well, I should say I started out because I had built one company before. I had done everything wrong once before, uh, up to a certain point, and I yeah. definitely. We can also talk about that. <laughs> yeah. No, but I'll tell you uh, kind of the, what we did. So, it, which was lovely because I, it was actually very easy in the beginning because I knew exactly what was necessary and what wasn't, which kind of made us, uh, made it very, uh, a lot more pleasant the second time around. Uh, because there is just a handful of things you really have to do and get right when building a company. And of course, those things are not easy things. But when you don't know that you only have to do those things, you kind of end up a bit frantic, you know, thinking everything is important. And it's not. Uh, and what are those things? Well, the, the most central thing is to have a product people want to buy. And the way you grow is that people love it so much they tell their friends. And that's, that's easy to say. And it's very hard to take in. I know that because people told me that when I started Safety Wing my first company as well. And I didn't take it in before I learned it the hard way. But it definitely is true. Trying to grow a product that people don't want or don't love so much to tell their friends is kind of is painful because they stop using it. And uh, uh, the other is that you can't, when you hire a team, you can't really, like you can't look for deals <laughs> in a way. You, you, you have, there is only one team member worth having. Like one, and that's, you know, the best people you know. Uh, the, the greatest, especially that's true for like the creative part of the, co the company, like uh, designers, develop product, like those things. So, um, uh, is it, so you have to have people you in the beginning that you know that you you know trust and, and know that they can you know will do that well. Uh, the other is you know you know this idea of like choosing a market and and, and a product. You know, especially when you start off on like a big audacious problem like like safe doing has. Uh, it's really important to get a couple of the dynamics, you know, that I learned from my previous startups experiences, right? Like you got to have a, like, you can't start with the big market and the end state product. You kind of have to start with a smaller one that is useful right away for someone. And so like we talked about digital nomads, digital nomads is like the circle in the middle of remote work. Yeah. Uh, and, and that receives, whenever you do that, you receive, for some reason, it kind of, so many people get so upset by that because they're like, but if you sold to more people, if you made a product that will work for everyone, won't you sell more? And the answer is no, you won't do that. 
you make a product for everyone, that means it's great for no one. So instead, you do these things in steps where you start for a product. And that in the middle of that circle is you. You have to make something you yourself love and it solve a problem that you actually have and that you, and you would be willing to buy it. You, like, you're looking forward to your product is done so you can buy it. <laughs> you really kind of get away from so many mistakes that founders do all the time. So anyway, we did all of this stuff uh, correctly in, in safe doing. And also culture was another thing I, I really found the value in, uh, how cultures can really go sideways quickly. And they have to be policed uh, almost uh, in a very strong way. And, and you also have to have like a very good model about what, what are the kind of frameworks about how to treat each other and talk to each other that is the optimal for you know, creating things, for creating new knowledge and, and, uh, and solving problems. And we're, you know, in Safe Doing, we very much implemented those things, you know, in our DNA from the beginning, uh, which in our case is like things like people make mistakes and that's okay. And uh, improvements are always possible and, and all problems are solvable. And uh, trying to talk to each other and treat each other in a way that makes that work creates a culture that is productive. And that makes the whole company more able to solve problems. And uh, you have to be ever vigilant about retaining that. Otherwise, you quickly deteriorate into the kind of where you end up if you don't pay attention. And that's like, that's like office politics, basically. It's like uh, people stop searching for what's right and what's good, but they end up you know, being fully concerned with whether their little alliance is winning. And yeah, so th- those are some of the learnings. I did the right in safe doing. And then what I learned in safe doing, you know, some things are very happy learnings because it was the second time. I, we did many things for fun in the beginning. Like if you go to our website, it's kind of, there's a lot of weird stuff there. Like we spent a lot of time in the beginning of the company to make like illustrations and uh, artwork. They turn out pretty great. So I love them. They, yeah, they turned out so lovely. That turns out like we did that just for fun. We had no like no illusions that that would be any benefit. Turns out that's like one of the best things we ever did. Like to this day, uh, you know, because it ended up being this like branding that just made us look so different. Yeah, so I love that part about doing things for fun. Uh, you know, having some room. You know, you can't do everything for fun, but you gotta have like you gotta you know reserve some space for doing things for fun. And, and sometimes those things you do for fun are, you know, magnificent for things that are, you, it's impossible to look, see looking forward. But there's a reason they're fun because you're not conflicted about them. They're great in some way. So anyway, that's, a, that's one thing I've learned. In I, I've been nodding so much. And then I realized we are recording a podcast and like nobody will see my nodding. But I do, I do agree with a lot of points you you just put out. And I, I think every company is going through that process sooner or later. And the sooner you go through all the, the mistakes, the faster you learn and uh, kind of regroup and create something great in the end mm-hmm. uh, with a, just a pinch of fun, as you mentioned. Yeah. So, I mean, we're talking a lot about remote work and there's a, a, this whole trend if not like a a status quo that remote is going to be the future in the last couple of uh, weeks that is kind of debatable we'll see how that will turn out but what is your take on this like do you think remote will be the future and why yes or one why not Definitely. I think that every job that can be done remotely will be done remotely. I think that all the companies now building remote work systems, being remote work capable, won't return 
they might return to the office, but they'll be remote first if they can. Or they will uh, realize how amazing it is to work remotely. In just- uh, I think mostly just because it, they, not necessarily, some of them will. Uh, so some of them will. Some of them will work from home. They're like, oh, my boss used to tell me that we couldn't do this job remotely, but clearly we can. And I love this much more. And, you know, remote is like a top perk already. Like before the crisis, it was like things people appreciate in a job. Uh, it was like uh, health. And the second one was remote work possibilities. So so it, it's like, it's extremely appreciated among em- employees. And uh, I saw this survey the other day, which was uh, 97% of remote workers would recommend it to a friend. Yeah. So, um, you know, and technology is just making it better and better, right? I mean, many of these problems we're still talking about here are being addressed. And uh, so remote work is already great, but it's getting greater by the by the month uh, almost. There's new innovations coming out. So remote work is absolutely the future. And from the company's point of view, there's also these like deep economic drivers. You know, everyone knows that, you you know, it's, it's hard to find great people. And if you just can hire, like, for the blocks around your house, you know, there's not a big applicant pool. But if you can put it on the internet and location remote, suddenly you can have this vast range of potential applicants. And that that is such a strong economic driver that that, that sort of supersedes other things, uh, in, at least in my experience. So, so yeah, so remote work is, is definitely the future and COVID crisis will accelerate it primarily because of these things I mentioned earlier, that people try it out, they see that it actually can work and then they make systems for doing it that they don't turn off after. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So if remote is the future, um, how is Safety Wing going to make it easier? What are some of the things that you're working on in the near future and yeah. what people look out for? Well, it's back to that thing we said in the beginning, which is that remote work ha- is equalizing opportunities across countries, except when it comes to social safety nets, right? So if today in many com- even big companies like Google or you know, many remote workers, like the, the normal full-time employees will have like full benefits and a lot of stuff. And then remote workers will be like contractors and have none of that. And that's, that, that's clearly a bug that, that is only because it's so, so difficult to do it. So, uh, you know, by making that easy, by making it easy for individuals and companies, but most individuals to get that also as a remote worker, or digital nomad, we just we just upgrade the infrastructure so that you will be treated just as well if you're a remote worker. And and that's our contribution. Which is great news for, for everyone, I think. Uh, mm. the, the future looks bright, definitely. And uh, with that, I think we are about to wrap up this conversation. I enjoyed it so much. And thank you so much for, for being a part of this. In case, and I'm sure a lot of them will, uh, want to find out more uh, about Safety Wing or they want to connect with you, how can they do that? And we will include the links below, but uh, just uh, tell us a few channels we can reach yeah. out. Well, so you can uh, go to our website, safetywing.com, uh, or uh, you know, follow us on Facebook or Instagram. Um, on Facebook, it's Safety Wing, and on Instagram, it's Nomad Cities. Uh, and if you want to... Contact me directly. I suppose uh, I'm on Twitter. Uh, so just uh, search up my name there and then you'll find out. Yeah, we, we will include it uh, below. Mm-hmm. All right. Sounds good. So thank you so much again for, for joining. It's uh, wonderful to talk to you as always. Uh, and yeah, that's uh, a wrap. That's a wrap. Thank you, Anya. Uh, that was great. And uh, I very much enjoyed the conversation. 
Hey all, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Sandre. We just launched health insurance in partnership with Safety Wing. If you're a deal user, you can get an exclusive 15% off for remote health with coverage anywhere in the world plus your home country. No exclusions for pandemics either. Check out your deal account for more information. See you next week.